0: I have takes and they are hot. all quite ting ting it's the start of the pod my team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting it's the start of Hey hello! Coming to you in a pre-recorded fashion from the League podcast studio in Upper Arlington, Ohio I am Diesel, and this is Don't Fear the COVID. Joining me today, with love in his heart, is the Kamish, and our guest today, coming to us straight out of one of the many inappropriate dreams that I have about him. Carter joins us. Carter, how you
1: doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, I am that, better now that you're here.
2: That's the second somewhat like graphic pornish joke John made in the last like five minutes. So, <laughs> well, I. I Nearly mean, said "wet dream" car, right? and
0: I backed off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I. I, I am. I, I'm happy to have Carter here, right? Sue me, Chuck. Fuck happy you. It,
2: it was that, and then John's new favorite joke is to tell our new guests that they can join us via our OnlyFans um, page. He, so he's been doing that now, and then like about ten seconds later, goes the JK. It's actually a link to this website we use.
1: I'll um, be honest. I, I was I was all on board for the OnlyFans account. I was most
2: people that. are. You'd be surprised that yeah. most most people are all in on that.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: To set the record straight, I'm pretty sure this is the first time that I've made that joke. But Chuck assures me that it's <laughs> I've done it a few times. So I don't know. I think I'm hysterical. So whatever. We'll we'll just deal with it. Um. So, uh. Carter, the reason we're bringing you on here today is uh, for a little segment that Chuck came up with that I have decided to call Jabba the Shutdown.
2: Tack it up, tack it up, buddy, gonna shut you down.
0: It happened on the strip where the road is wide. Um, So uh, essentially what we that, want to do that, here- That was
2: is- not as good as Bored Out of Our Minds yesterday.
0: <laughs> okay. thats They're not all going to be home runs. I'm coming up with these in like 30 seconds before we start. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is better than Chuck. You gotta give me credit. This is everything that I've done is better than the Commission's pod with the Commission J. It
2: was a statement of fact. There was no <laughs> simple there, and sweet. You can't really yeah. go wrong. Yeah. There was there was no need to d- break that down any more than it already was. Everybody knew exactly what we were doing there.
0: I'm just saying that my track record is uh, above that bar.
2: No, I agree. I carry the I carry the weight for ninety percent of this podcast, and you come up with good names. I mean, it's a, it's a fair trade off. I think
0: <laughs> it's you are the yin to my yang. Um, and Carter's here do you, too. Do, would you this... like to
1: leave? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that.
0: <laughs> Carter, believe you me, uh, we could do this. Uh, I we're pretty sure we could do this just the two of us, but everyone else would hate it. <laughs> that's what we've settled on like you Uh, provide the entertainment for people that are in us that like come here for more than just chuck and i jerking each other off for a half hour a day
1: oh i mean that's what i came here for so (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: fair um so so the point of this segment uh we want to go through and discuss just the fact that uh you know sports are shut down right now every league is pretty much completely shut down and there's a lot of debate right now about how to bring them back and sort of what that's going to look like and timetables and a lot of different factors. So we wanted to bring Carter on here as obviously the expert on this topic uh, yes, to, you know, kind of, of just shed some light. Yep. Um, and, you know, Chuck's just going to probably do most of the talking anyway. So, Carter, you and I are really just we have front row seats This is going to be good. Wonderful. So actually, yeah, Chuck, you want to lead us off?
2: So I was—I kind of broke it down into three sort of categories: You've high school sports, college sports, and pro sports. And I'm talking strictly American sports because I don't care what the Europeans decide to do; they're probably going to screw it up anyway. <laughs> For being if we're honest, honest. If
0: we're being honest, strong start. Okay. Yep. Um.
2: So I I think now through through the rest of this sort of school year, as well as next fall, like. Forget about going back to high school sports. I think those are completely done. I think they're going to cancel like fall sports like next fall for high school. I don't see any way, unless there's a drastic change in like treatment methods for this thing or some sort of new information shows up. I think that they're totally going to just play it safe and say, nope, no more sports for this year in high school. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm, I think I definitely have to agree with that um I don't know I kind of just want to like like backtrack just a little bit um because I I was just thinking about like like sports in general and like the role it plays in like America especially um and like if you if we think back to just like recent history think back to like any national crises like we've always had sports to fall back on for something Mm -hmm. you know as an escape and so like I mean, it, like, just think about, like, I don't know, like, like the Boston bombing, you know, you had like, like TD Garden, you had everyone singing the national mm-hmm. anthem, and it was awesome. And it was like an escape from that you had, like, after 9-11, you had all the Yankee games and and like the World Series. And, you know, after Hurricane Katrina, you have the Saints. And I think it's like, just so strange that we are in this stage where like, even like Chuck is saying, like high school sports, like in the near future are probably not going to be coming back anytime soon since we've, and it's just crazy. Cause we've essentially eliminated this, this pillar of stability in our country. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what to do with myself. I mean, I know like, I, I think, um, I actually am kind of curious about this from, from you guys, but like kind of the moment that I knew that this was, you know, like, a really big deal like obviously being connected to the medical community I had an understanding that this is you know this is something that's serious but I didn't know how serious like when the NBA shut down mm-hmm. I was like okay these people who are very rich and are trying to make more money are making a decision <laughs> that is directly going to affect their income and, like, that's when I knew. I'm like, okay, holy shit, this is really serious. Um, so, yeah, I guess I just want I wanted to ask you guys, like, when was it, like, when did it really hit? Was it the sports that, that got you guys, too?
2: Wait, first of all, I do want to address what you said. Yeah, you were right, though. Like, not only in every, like, national or, like, worldwide crisis are sports always around. They oftentimes are, like, the rallying, like, yeah. cry to help people 100%. sort of get back. On track, and it is very interesting that yeah. like, basically they, there's nothing now. Like, yeah. you mm-hmm. put it out like specifically nine eleven, like Then the Yankees were in the World Series. That was like you know the president threw out the first pitch. and That mm-hmm. was like America like getting back. You know, getting yeah, the Piazza home
0: run. run. Yeah, like that's that that's the big like, and yeah, like like Carter was saying there. There has been for every tragedy, there has been one sports moment you can point to right after it yeah. that people rallied around.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah I I think. The NBA canceling was probably it because that was the first time where you're like people that they're they're just going to, you, you know, I guess fold on millions, if not yeah. billions of dollars of, exactly. of lost revenue and, mm-hmm. and fees and things.
1: Yeah. And like, um, as, as unfortunate yeah. as that is that, like, I have to use that as my parameter as as to like what, like the powerful people are thinking like it's very true it's like these people mm-hmm. are not going to make this decision to you know that's going to lose them this like yeah like you said billions of dollars if it wasn't as serious as it was so like i i just knew like as soon as that happened i was like oh my this is this is about to get really bad
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. no yeah that so i think that was it it came in two waves to me because that one was bad and i don't remember which came first if it was that or i remember when the city of san francisco like went full shelter in place Mm -hmm. i was like oh shit this is gonna be like this isn't just gonna be like a minor inconvenience like this is actually gonna just change how we live our lives Mm -hmm. yeah so i i yeah i I do think the nba one was like the nba thing legitimized it a and then it also had that cascading effect of The second the NBA canceled, pretty much everything else that had been teetering also went. Like, it just sort of pushed everything.
2: Well, here's the thing. We were talking about um, how fast it all unfolded. We did a podcast that Sunday Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about um, how they they just announced they were going to play the NCAA basketball tournament with no fans. Um, in the stands mm-hmm. and how that was all going to so unfold. We talked about how that was all going to unfold. And then in, and by the time we did a podcast, like two days later, the NBA had canceled, the NCAA had canceled, the basketball tournaments and then all of spring sports, the NHL had had postponed, the MLB had announced they were delayed the start of their season, like soccer, all the soccer leagues had canceled, like in a span of like two days, everything was shut down.
1: Yeah. That's... That's crazy. You're, it, it did happen fast, um, but I guess kind of, kind of going back to to what Chuck was saying about like high school sports um, not coming back, you know this fall. Like I, hundred percent agree with that. Um, and I think kind of our our parameter, or I guess I kind of our benchmark for that. Uh, I was looking at like South Korea. Like I think that they've been the best in terms of containment, and you know they have universal testing for everyone. And I saw that they were they had a meeting on March 29th, or that they were going to have a meeting on March 29th to start up their basketball league, the KBL, um, without any fans. Obviously, that's coming past, and they didn't have that meeting, and they ended up just completely shutting down the league. So I think hmm. as unfortunate as it is, I think that that's a pretty good indicator of what we should kind of expect here in the States. I mean, if the country who has it on, you know, the most under control isn't able to start up their start up their leagues. Then you know I don't I don't have much hope for for what's going to happen here. Oh yeah, no for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean when when you break it down, like high schools, the high school sports just by themselves are going to be at the liberty of the schools. Whether well, not the schools are open, like if the schools yeah. stay shut down, or I guess in that total remote like environment mm-hmm. through the end of the year, then like spring sports for sure. Not gonna, not gonna happen. Yeah. Um. And then, like, I'm starting to hear a lot more now of they're like questioning, like whether or not schools are going to start on time or even in person, like in the fall, what their fall curriculum is going to look like, and if you know if they're still remote, obviously you know you're going to miss first off any sort of summer like sports, travel, or Things like that. I think that's already probably a foregone conclusion, if not already been announced, you know. Yeah. And then as a result, I think, you know, if school's honestly so are still closed, you're you're, you're going to totally miss out on sports. But at high school, the for high school sports, I do think it's as simple as, as soon as they, so like kids are coming back to school, they're going to, like, open all the sports yeah, back up.
1: I, I, I don't see, like... There's no scenario where you can have the kids back in school, but then be like, oh, but like we want to minimize the amount of interaction we have outside. of It's like, no, that doesn't really yeah. make sense because mm-hmm. you're all going to be exposed anyway when you're in school. So, yeah, I yeah. agree to that extent. Um, yeah, I, I just it's I, I, I've heard that. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw like Boston University was talking about not having kids come back to school until January 2021. So, oh, shit! So like, just, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think that that's a little preemptive at the moment, just because, like, even like I understand there's international students that need to be notified and, you know, they need to figure out what's going on. But like, you know, you don't have to make that decision right now. I don't think I,
2: I do agree with that. I would say I think the, the baseline for most schools and a lot of companies should very pretty much be is it's put together a 12 month sort of remote Mhm plan but then you know every month or at, at certain time points reevaluate where you're at and then how you're going to like continue to proceed yeah
0: mm-hmm. i i do yeah i feel like preparing for that worst case scenario is obviously kind of what we're learning now we should have been doing from the absolute jump with this mm-hmm. so switching to it now as much as it is kind of a little bit of a too little too late type of thing like can only help i think to like not be caught flat-footed when in like let's say like let's say we get to october and like people think it might this thing spikes back up again Mm -hmm. like don't be caught off guard by that all of a sudden be like okay well we have our plan in place let's just go to it yeah yeah
2: yeah so i think i think we said for high school sports i think it's as simple as as soon as the kids are back in school like like normal sports will start back up um
0: I I do think, though, I think that fall sports for high school kids, like conversely, like I think that spring sports for high school kids are gone. I think that there's no (laughs) hope of that. I think that fall sports for high school kids are kind of the safest out of this list that we're not going to go down just because there's so little ramp up time for the like actual sport. Like if they're if they say all clear in August, fall sports can kind of proceed like nothing happened. It's like, true like you said
2: you like you miss like summer workouts but yeah. you can still have training camp for football or yeah. or sort of tryouts soccer, as they yeah. get tryouts for sports as they normally would happen. So I do agree with that that if like like their their sort of metric is probably a little bit easier than than some other sports.
0: Yeah, I think if schools are going to be open in September and they know that in like even mid mid August they could probably, like, be ready to go by, like, I don't know. Like, maybe they shave off the first two weeks of yeah, whatever like season. You know, it It wouldn't be that bad. Whereas the NFL, if it's halfway through August, you you might not be playing the season. Well, that's
2: what I want to get to. So, like, when you get to college, there's a couple different things that are a little bit different. One, you've got a lot more money on the line. Mm-hmm. And you also have schools that are a little more independent in their decision-making. Like, a particular school... Could decide to to come back and allow their teams to practice and stuff like that, based upon what various governors and things. There's a little there's some other factors that go along with that. But I think we. I better brought this up a couple of days ago or at a different one. I think the issue is going to be that no university president wants to run the risk of bringing all their people back too soon and having one kid get sick and die. Like yeah. it, it, it's not worth ruining your reputation, ruining the reputation of your school, and then losing your job. Like, I think what you're going to see from university presidents, which really, you know, are going to obviously govern the rest of how the sports of the university work, is the absolute most conservative approach they can take, like, in line with all the standards of their governor, the president. Like, I I think you're going to get a super, super conservative approach from universities. That's why I think, the best case scenario for specifically college football—that's really the only I mean,
0: false. Yeah, I mean that's really the only yeah, false that's sport. That's the big one.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. It, if it's back at all, it's going to be with no fans. I mean, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of Ohio Stadium—that's
1: what's yeah. only. That's asking. Know. That's asking
2: for a breakout.
1: Like. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to, uh, I got, I wanted to address this like a little later, talking about like, like possibly having the NBA back. But I mean, I guess we can do it now. But it's like, what do you think? Like, I mean, what are the implications of of bringing it back but having no fans? I mean, to me, that's like, that's like seventy five percent of the experience for college sports mm-hmm. is having all the fans there and having that home field advantage. Because um, I mean, honestly, if you don't have a home field advantage, then I mean, Ohio State's going to win every game because they just have better athletes and, you know, they're yeah. better players and stuff or like not Ohio, like uh, in in the Big Ten. But in like Alabama, it's going to win every game like there is no home field advantage. There is no distinct advantage that another team might have over a team who is clearly better than them. So, right. I mean, I yeah, I'm interested on your guys' thoughts on that.
2: I you see so your point being that like it's infinitely if there's no fans, it's obviously easier to play in Ohio Stadium. But Ohio State's better than you anyway, so they're probably gonna win. Like, exactly. but yeah. it's way easier for Ohio State to now go play in Ann Arbor or yeah. go play in Madison,
0: like Big because 10 West baby,
2: yeah, <laughs> um, because I've the the home field advantage that that team would get that would maybe give them an up an edge or a chance against Ohio State no longer exists. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think I do agree that from a college standpoint versus the pros, fans are much more a part of the, of the atmosphere of the game. College basketball being one, I think, I mean, if you want to point to a, the biggest home court advantage you can get, it's probably college basketball in the right environment.
1: Um, I mean, if they were, if they were going to play the tournament, I was picking all favorites from. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely
0: no and that's that's kind of what i was thinking when you were bringing this up like i am as much as i would have loved to play the turn or to watch the tournament and like just like have that to sort of fill the void Mm -hmm. like having the tournament without spectators and like not having like the kind of like whatever like the roar when someone hits like a last second shot or something like that would have been so bizarre that i think i might have hated it yeah. Like,
2: well here's the thing that would have totally changed the dynamic of the NCAA tournament, which is kind of what Carter was saying when you just pick all favorites. Like, the NCAA tournament, when you get like a 5-12 is like the first game and like I don't know, a four mm-hmm. uh 13 whatever, like the tw- all, all you need is the right time and the right like collection of fans for the 12 seed and all of a sudden like the entire arena is cheering for that team because yeah. they got no dog in the fight anyway. Yeah. Like, might as well just root for these guys because who cares? Like, that happens a lot in college games or, or in, yeah. in tournament games typically.
0: Oh yeah. No, and that's well, that's I legitimately when I went, I went last year when it was in Columbus, and I forget who the first game was, but the second game was a 16-1 game. It was um fuck who was it? I forget who it was against North Carolina. It was like a small school from like Long Island. And they like, I think they went on a pretty good tear in the first half. And the entire stadium was just electrified the yeah. whole time. Cause we were all like, Oh my God, maybe we're going to see it. <laughs> like maybe we're going to see the 16 over one upset, which mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been the first one at that time, but still it was like, Holy shit. So everyone was just pulling for them. And then obviously they faded down the stretch, but like, yeah, you just, you inherently gravitate when you're there just because it's local and you're just sort of like, you know, there just to just watch a game. You're going to gravitate towards the more historic
2: moment. Or not only that, but all you need is the right, you know, uh, St. Louis super fan to be in your yeah. section. And now the whole area is rooting for, for that. You know what I'm saying? Like those mid-major schools. Yeah. Now, when it comes – the thing that well, – as we, I don't really know is that obviously – from a financial standpoint, like the pro leagues, all of their money is in the TV deals and their, mm-hmm. their licensing and stuff like that. There's more, I think money, you know, on the line for colleges with the game day experience. Like
0: mm-hmm.
2: obviously Ohio state and the big 10 have a, have a great TV contract, but I mean, think about all if they, if they announce they're going to be playing the, the season with no, spectators that's all of the tailgate parking revenue that goes right to the university that's all of the university ticket sales and all of the the businesses and things that you know profit a lot off of the fact that 110,000 people come to every Ohio State home game so that i think will have a much more you know felt financial impact then you would see for if they said to play the NFL season with with no fans or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. and I think I think even a better example might not be Ohio State because like Ohio State, like granted, it is like a college town. But you, you know, Columbus, Columbus itself is like, you know, sustainable without, you know, the Buckeyes correct i yeah. think so um but like a town where i i mean i can't think of an example off the top of my head but like they're you know where it's like literally only the school and they yeah. rely on that to bring in all the business like i mean i can't even imagine the
2: impact, uh, S- impact. south bend south bend indiana
1: yeah. or like yeah. Yeah. uh
0: in
2: an- I- yeah. an- yeah. an- arbor michigan
0: like yeah. you arbor, know shit. Or wherever penn state is college uh state, uh, col- oh, state college state pennsylvania. college pennsylvania yeah
1: Oh,
2: yeah. yeah
0: there's fucking that. nothing in State College, Pennsylvania. It's literally <laughs> called State College.
2: I can't imagine there's a lot in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> no, I just can't sure. imagine. Yeah. Can't. Um But yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, you're, I think you're going to see, you know, the financial impact of not having spectators come to these things for college, even if they play the actual games, it was going to be quite, mm-hmm. you know, pretty hard felt. Um, but I guess that that gets us to the pros, which I think that if anything uh, if anything comes back in anything resembling a short amount of time, it'll be professional sports for a couple of reasons. Obviously, athletes are professionals, they don't run you don't have the risks of, you know, them being amateurs and all the um sort of liabilities that would go on the university. As a result of that, you know, in the pros, they have their own union. They have all those things in their contract that sort of protect them and the team do all those different things, which is why. So, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that if anything comes back resembling anything normal or even normal play, it'll be professional sports.
1: Yeah, I I have to agree with you. Um, And I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking that the NBA and nhl are done um Mm -hmm. but i will say i i was uh i was listening i think it was an interview with like mark cuban or something and someone i think asked him about possibly starting the league up in kind of like two or three relatively remote cities and having all of the teams like play all of their games in those three cities and i mean Honestly, if like something like, like if it was possible, I could totally see something like that happen. Cause it, one, it reduces travel two it reduces the number of like non-essential people that you have working in the stadiums that, that might get sick and bring it home to whomever. Um, and like three, it allows for like the containment. If someone were to test positive, um, it allows them to contain it to wherever it was and to, you know, those two or three cities, whatever it may be. But I would also like to go on a tangent with that. Um, I think it's BS <laughs> that like uh, like Kevin Durant and all those other basketball players who are asymptomatic are getting tested. And there's people in like Brooklyn who like doctors and nurses and people who are actually sick that aren't getting tests. Um, so oh, that yeah, was, that's pretty shitty. Um, reminded me of the one meme that was probably in our meme chat that was like, if you want to know if you have coronavirus, just go cough on a rich person and see what their test results are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's BS, but I will say, so this is, this is all assuming that we get some sort of, uh, you know, easily attainable testing. Um, but yeah, I think that that would like, I think that that's like, it might be a solution and you know, that would allow like them to be televised obviously. And I will say, although it would be weird without fans, we would, if we put in like some parabolic mics into there we would get like all the trash talk and everything and it would be get a lot of um, stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Like, well, I think that the, the two oh, yeah. things that sort of have been thrown out that have been similar to that was the, the MLB has talked about basically just playing, starting just in, just in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like, and the reason they picked Arizona is because I was like, this is what I learned. Actually. Um, there's obviously there's the cactus league and the mm-hmm. sunshine, league, the two spring trading but so I forget what they're called. Free, but it's but what, yeah. The one and Uh, Arizona and the one in Florida are, like, the main ones, you know. Mm -hmm. And I guess the the ones in Arizona are basically all the teams, like, fields and facilities are all in, like, Glendale or whatever, like, town. They're all in outside of, like, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Um, So there there is, like, legitimately, like, a lot of regulation-sized like fields.
1: Yeah, so it's like in they w- have the infrastructure there.
2: In one place where you could in theory, as long as you can house all the players and yeah. personnel and stuff, you could play regulation baseball games in there. And it, obviously it would be there'd be there I mean there's seats at spring training games, but I don't know what they would do in terms of like spectators, if they would have them or not. Or obviously it wouldn't be like in your arena, but you could get games as long as you could figure out the broadcasting rights and all stuff to go with that, you know. Yeah. And then the NBA, you know, I've seen the idea of them all like basically you put them, you put, you go to Vegas
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you use the fact that like all the major sort of hotels have like an arena mm-hmm. where obviously like where the, the Golden Knights play, but also like where all the boxing
1: mm-hmm.
2: like fight, all title mm-hmm. fights and stuff are that, you know, you, you convert a couple of those into multiple like, courts or sort of like maybe not, not necessarily like a field house type of field, but like some sort of multi-court venue. And you basically br- you bring everybody to Vegas, you quarantine everybody that is going to be a part of the team all, with all their trainers or whoever they, they want to bring, you know, some limit for two weeks and you get everybody sort of tested or, you know, has some sort of monitoring system. And then you basically play the games sort of in isolation like that, that's something where I mean, I don't know what the financials are of like what Vegas, what the rules are governing Vegas are right now in terms of other casinos open or the hotels open, things like that. But that's something where I think could potentially work. Cause like I said, for the NBA, they don't have that much season left. Mm-hmm. And also, as long as they get the games on TV, that's where all their money is yeah. anyway.
1: Um, well I was 11, like, oh, yeah. let me ask you a question. Like what what about I guess kinda of getting into the actual sports aspect of it? Like what are the implications of starting up the season? basically just sending teams into the playoffs. Like, I I think basketball is a little different. I don't think basketball, like, I I guess I'll use hockey as an example. Like, if they were to start up the hockey season and say, okay, we're just taking, you know, the top eight teams in each conference and we're going straight to the playoffs, you're going to get a much different result than you would have had, you know, two months ago. Because hockey, I think, Mm -hmm. is a a lot more about what team is hot, you know, who's playing well. Um, Whereas basketball, like, I mean, If you give them a little bit of a training camp or something for like a week or two, like you said, um, I I feel like you're gonna get about the same result. Maybe like some of the middle seeds might might change slot or change spots, or there might be an upset or two. But I mean, I don't see like the Lakers losing to the eight seed or or Milwaukee losing to anyone.
2: You know what I mean? Or exactly and like for hockey, you could have a like not only different like seedings, but some very different teams could go on runs late and make the playoffs yeah, than yeah. you would see now. Whereas the, in the NBA, I think it's a lot more of maybe, you know, an eight would have become a seven or a six. Maybe, yeah. you know, the 10th place team would have surged up and, and, and got in. But it, it's so like the top five teams in each conference mm-hmm. at most are the teams that really have a shot to do yeah. anything. Uh, so it really wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. That that is the thing though, they were that's been that's been the debate. Is like, let's say, all right, you get at no, let's say they say June 1st, example. June 1st is when you can resume team activities. Well, how long do you have to give teams before you're either A playing normal normal games or B like in the playoffs? And it's like, is it a week? Is it two weeks? Is it a month? Like baseball's the one that's gonna be weird, it's like do you have to Like basically restart spring training again? Do you give them basically two weeks to say pitchers start getting warmed up and get your (laughs) arms, you know, whatever, and you're pitching in a week and a half? You know, I don't know what the... The thing that will be interesting, is I think what we'll see sort of the the momentum shift is this, is that, you know, everybody closed, or all the leagues I guess stopped, and the first Mm -hmm. wave of news to come out of that was X-player is players are getting paid until May, whatever. X player is going to pay the salaries of laid off stadium employees for the rest of the season, or this team's gonna cover employee costs that lost wages for, for this long, whatever. At some point, that's going to stop. Like they're going yeah. players are going to stop getting their checks because there's not going to be any revenue to give them their checks. And teams are going to have to stop sort of being these outreach centers to their facilities and community. And that's when I think you're going to start to see movement. If we're going to get any movement on this, that's when the movement's going to happen. Is Once the the unions of these players realize that you're looking at considerable lost wages, that's when you're going to get like sort of a push. I think particularly in the MLB, to figure out a way to start your season, I think the NBA, those players might have made all their money. I don't know how yeah. their checks work, but they, they might have missed out on like only one or two checks. Yeah. So they've already made they've already made ninety percent of their money for the season, if if not, you know, more than that. The, the, I think the MLB Players Association, which is also the strongest union ever created by man, for some reason, is <laughs> it, that's where you're going to see like real movement start to happen on. The possibility of sports starting back up.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. About, and uh, that's what about like the minor leagues? I think those are the guys that get hit the hardest. I think. They, yeah. Like, I think.
2: Yeah. I think. I think. It, play, right. I
1: mean, they can't. I don't
2: see any reason for, for that they're going to play. I don't know what, how the finances of the minor leagues work anyway. Like, are they all just? I can't imagine minor league teams make if they do anything. Maybe they break even. I doubt they even do yeah. that. So uh, they the just totally make
1: anything, but I
2: mean yeah, the, the players make you know dog shit. Yeah,
1: oh, um, yeah.
2: and I, I don't know if they're just completely supported by their affiliated major league club or how that sort of works to you know just like pay the expenses. But I think John's right. That's where you're going to see the the biggest hit because I think that it's not totally out out of the question for the for the GNs, the presence of major league teams to say all right, so we lose out of a year development on X prospect. We're A, not going to throw $100 million out out of the door or out the window this year, and we'll still make something out of the major league clubs. Mm-hmm. You, you know, this, I think that's why I think John's right. I think that's where if – I think they might you might just see minor leagues say, you know what, no minor leagues this year. I think they've already canceled, like – or they've postponed the draft or done all – whatever, you know
1: – Um I guess then you think well, about, think about like injuries. Then like like what happens? Like or I guess I guess the players that they would you know potentially call up are probably practicing with the teams if they're able to come back. But just a thought.
2: Let's. Well, no, I, I saw. Sorry, John. But like I saw no, a, an idea of like you know maybe you don't have minor leagues, but maybe the forty man roster. Or you expand to a 30-man roster or something for just the whole uh, yeah. year. So you have more active players where they're a little more lenient on how players can be declared active or not. So you can still sort of get that development and evaluation in, but just in a, in a different way. Um, I, I'm sure they would do something like that, particularly for baseball, if if they decide to move forward with a, some sort of delayed uh, season. But yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is that you're I mean you're gonna have to rewrite sort of any sort of union contracts or go you know, reopen the books on their collective bargaining agreement to see what on earth they're gonna do if you only play half the season or is yeah. it a is it see, a prograde of their wages is it just exactly you know exa- I don't know what they do.
0: That's the issue I think you get into with the the minor league guys though, especially because the MLB way more than any other, uh, you know, sports league has these incredibly convoluted contracts. Like, what do you do about arbitration? Like, what do you do? Like if it's a half a year, like, you know, service time, like all these other, like things that don't really matter in any other league, but in the MLB, they're very central to how much money a guy makes in like two or three years. Yeah. And then also you have like these minor league guys that make almost no money. Like, You know, obviously, you're not going to keep paying those guys if they're not playing games. Like that's going to be a lot more of a hit for that minor leaguer who's in Double A than it is going to be a hit for like you know whatever like a utility infielder for the uh, for the Brewers or something like that.
2: Like, but not only that, I think I'll go even one step further. Look at a team like the Indians, who are a very you know mid market to small market team. Francisco Lindor is a huge domino for that. They're they're talking about if they don't play this season, the, like, the player's still getting an accrued year of service, and a, a year of advancement on all their contracts. Like that drastically changes not only like sort of two year plan, but like the five year plan of the oh, yeah. because if he is if you if they're not going to play, he's going to accrue a year that. Drastically changes his trade value, and the Indians, you know, I said like, like that has the potential of hundreds of millions of dollars on the line for both him and the Indians, and that's he's not the only one that's like that. Like, are they just going to tell the Indians, "Sorry, not sorry"? Like, your best player is not basically a worthless trade piece because we a don't know when we're going to play baseball again, and we're not going to stall his contract. Like, for you, like you're gonna you're gonna see revolts from like some of these teams that are going to you know take the MLB to like legal to like court I think.
0: Well yeah, but look at it the other way. Look at it from Lindor's perspective of like let's say you say all right, we're not playing the year this year uh all contracts are frozen, we're going to pick up next year like nothing changed. Then all of a sudden you're friend you then all of a sudden you're Lindor and now you are a year older. Mm-hmm. You were a year either closer to your peak or maybe a year past it potentially depending on where you are. And you now are not going to be like moving. You're not moving into your contract here where you might be getting paid. You now have to deal with being an arbitration guy for another year.
2: What well, I guess you got to pick. You've got to waste sort of the lesser of two evils. Do players want to accrue a year and just lose out an entire year of salary because the teams don't pay them because they ain't play any games, or is it more valuable to get paid all the money in your contract? But obviously, like you said, a, a, a physical, one more physical year, you're under contract than you would have been. You but know It's also,
1: it's one more physical, yes, it's one more year, but it's one less year of playing baseball if they don't play baseball. And I think that, like, I mean, you don't have that wear and tear on your body. You're not p- playing the 100 and whatever, 100 and what is it, 82 games? 100, whatever, 162 games. 162 games. So, I mean, I don't know, like. I feel like that'll maybe players that were, you know, having chronic injuries, they might come back and, and be better after that. Um, it's true. That's so that's I
2: thought that's a good point. Or like I mean, a pitcher like that had Tommy John recently. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. John, your boy. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, no, that's huge for Syndergaard. Or um, who was, there was another big name pitcher that went down with Tommy John earlier. Oh, in- uh, Chris
2: Sale. Chris Sale.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. Like that's those are two huge names that like you know we're like oh like shit like you know you're going to you're going to be missing out on those guys for a whole year like you know do you bring them back at the end of the year like what does that look like now they said that looks kind of small potatoes.
2: Well, but I said I think that when a push comes to shove, everything's been all sort of amicable and like all a big been a big love fest between all the players' yeah. unions and their leagues because everybody's still getting paid. The second that stops you're going to see a, a a considerable sort of bump in the road. Um, so, so, by the way, the one positive that could come out of this is maybe if baseball starts in, like, June, that's being, being a sort of generous with my start date, maybe they realize they don't need to play 162. And they can play – they can start, like – maybe they start in the middle of May, so it's not, like, 25 degrees on opening day in Cleveland, and they play, like, 120, and they realize – Oh, like people like this more because as soon as baseball's in the swing of its season, like all the other leagues have finally ended and now we just watch baseball.
1: Yeah, I uh, don't know. I I don't see that happening just because of the money. Yeah, um, I mean, it's kind that's of like not what going I was talking about earlier. Like, it's just like they're going to it's a business. They're going to do what makes them the most money and having yeah. 162 games is what makes them the most money. Yeah, um, oh Yeah, <laughs> but I would like to ask you guys that meeting yeah. with. Trump and like all of the uh, heads of all of the you know leagues, all the, all commissioners. the commissioners, who had the biggest dick in that meeting. Oh,
2: it, it, it's got to be. So the the biggest dick from like a hey, like my players actually like like me, and like if I say something, it could be it could impact like everyday people. Is it got to be Adam Silver? Yeah, yeah. Um, but from a. People love my sport the most, and we make the most money. So fuck all you will do. What we want is Roger. It's still Roger Goodell. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, see, I can I could totally see Roger Goodell just like dominating that meeting, and everyone just being like, "Shut the fuck up." Yeah. Oh, see, I think it's Manfred.
0: Because as much as like, no, I, I,
2: everybody hates Rob Manfred, <laughs> the players and fans included. Him.
0: Everyone hate everyone hates Goodell too, but like no, not the uh, o- not the owners.
2: Like even the MLB owners hate Rob Manfred now.
0: But that's so. I think Manfred, like I, I think everyone knows though that Goodell is just Goodell is very much a puppet of the owners. There's no veil there. He's Jerry Jones' squire is all he is. He, he like makes,
2: I, yeah, I mean yeah. Manfred like has
0: some amount of uh, autonomous like. <laughs> Has some sort of like autonomous thought, and also like I don't know. I think that there's still that was a meeting full of old white men. Old white men, as <laughs> yeah. we know, love baseball. That's true. Oh, very
1: true. Yeah, didn't think of it like that.
2: Uh, Ron Manfred has somehow found himself in the best possible scenario because he somehow convinced Joe Tory to just be the, yeah. <laughs> the face of everything, and do all the press conferences, discipline all the players, and take all the shit from everybody, and Rob Manfred just sits there like it is the commissioner. I don't know how he got him to agree to that, but he did.
0: Uh, I, I don't know what Rob Manfred looks like. I don't.
2: He looks don't like really what it. you would think the commissioner of baseball would look like, John. I'll put <laughs> it that way. Is he bald? Because I feel like he's got to be bald. No, he's got a full head of hair-ish. Oh. He's, like, he's not that old. I don't think he's only in his like late fifties, early sixties. I think. Uh,
0: I well, don't really it's know. It's also like you can really slide under the radar if you're because, like, baseball. Like, obviously, with the NFL and the NBA, the commissioners need to do a draft that is televised and a ton of people watch. Mm-hmm. No one watches the MLB draft. Nope. So you could very easily, you know, like, if you had a Joe Tory just do all your, like, press work. Really? Just never be seen.
2: The spectators for the MLB draft are really just Bob Costas and Tim <laughs> Kirchhen. Like, those are really the only two yeah. that watch it, probably.
0: It's just Tim Kirchhen. That's the only person. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I, I guess really sort of the end of the conversation is, what does the NFL do? Because there are still, for, you know – Better or worse, the kings of the sporting world. Mm-hmm. They're really leaving the most money, they're the most popular sport. They sort of I mean they, they own a day of the week more so than even the Catholic Church at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do they do? Is there any chance? So personally with this. I think if 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 somebody acts too early and fucks it up. It's going to be the NFL because they are not ones to handle any sort of situation fair, let alone good. These would just whatever the worst possible outcome is. That's usually what they bring about. Um, they all they've already made changes to their draft, but they've kept their off season. I guess minus like you know team workouts and things, basically on schedule. I haven't changed anything yet. Um is there a chance they just play the NFL with no fans, or do you think that there there's no possible way? Do you think the NFL just says fuck it, we're doing it anyway, like even if they don't want to? Or even if, <laughs> even if even if like the government's like, hey, you probably shouldn't?
1: Like I mean, do like I guess we were kind of talking about this with the with the college football, but like NFL stadiums are like significantly smaller than college i mean are they yeah. really making that much revenue i mean like obviously it's a lot but like in the grand scheme of things are they making that much revenue having no fans there i would say that most of their money probably comes from the tv deals so. it's, it's gotta be i think
2: it's probably 95 like percent yeah so TV, like, I, I think it, best case scenario more. is they just break even like their expenses for running a stadium with like the yeah. cost what they make on food yeah. and beverage and stuff like yeah.
1: Yeah, so I guess in that sense, I, whew, I mean, <laughs> I, I could totally see them being the ones to be like, "It's all safe, guys. Let's go." Yeah, and you know, then realize that every single player is sick, and I mean, I could totally see that happening. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know.
2: Well, here's the thing that will be interesting: is that I think. All these, for the, for, from a pro standpoint, all they need is like a couple governors that, are, to give like the governor of, of Florida, who really <laughs> hasn't done a good job or is trying to do the worst job possible anyway, to say we're going to allow these leagues to play, and the NFL will figure a way to, to have all their games in one state yeah. or do something like that. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, I, they have two stadiums in Florida, like. They got two teams, like that's if, enough that you if, can
2: probably got, cycle it through. Maybe they've got like ten with all the colleges and stuff, and like,
0: yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you well, because you got yeah, you could play them in Gainesville with Florida, you could play them in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, Florida,
2: Florida, Florida, Florida State, UCF, you had, uh, UCF, USF, yeah. yeah, um, there's probably one more. Jacksonville, I think, has their own. Be. i mean there's all the all, all the fields are the same size it's so all you need yeah. is a field and then yeah. that you have like the orange bowl you have the dot where the dolphins play where the jaguars play like they could find the 16 15 or 16 stadiums that they need to to play and figure it out like i think i i do think that that's yeah. a possibility like you need one or two governors to just be like you know what i don't care like just as long as you pay yeah. us money as long as you pay us yeah. money to use our shit like go ahead and then the, and then the NFL or particularly they were they're going to jump on that cuz they can still make money
1: i will say though i think that there's a less chance of like that you know adjacent city um, you know scenario happening with the NFL than it would be for, for the NBA because think about the NFL has what's the how, how many people are on the roster 53 53, yeah. So that's 53 man roster. You have all the trainers, all the doctors, all everyone that's involved. Um, whereas NBA, you know, it's the 12 people, and I don't know. Yeah, at I think at a high team, end, like you're talking 70. 30, yeah,
2: you're talking 30 people per team. Yeah, I'm like, higher,
1: much different, yeah, yeah.
2: that's true, that's a very good point. The thing that will be interesting is like, what happens if you know that they start up the NBA with no fans and one person gets sick. Is it all just shut down again? Like are we just back at square one? That's gonna be the issue with this. And I I mean I don't think it's out of the question to say we're not gonna see sports, let alone really society, come back down to earth without a a vaccine would be great, but without some sort of like approved sort of at least treatment method for this thing. Yeah. Um And, I mean, I don't think to talk on the year to year and a half to two-year sort of time frame, is that crazy?
1: No, it's not. Um, I actually saw today, or actually yesterday, um, people in South Korea that had been testing negative that had recovered tested positive again for it. So that could... Um yeah so that means either they didn't make the antibodies necessary to fight it and they were reinfected um either there or there's a different strain or um you're just not immune um or that you know the virus Your test your test, your
2: test was bad or something Yeah or, or the what?
1: test is bad but any any one of those things is is very scary and just you know bad news Yeah
2: Yeah the, a little bit the the one event that I am Using to guide my entire sort of how this is going is the Masters, yeah. Because if, if it is remotely possible, the Masters will be played yeah. in November when it is now scheduled. They don't I mean, care about anything besides that tournament. Be like, easy
1: to yeah, to do. but like golf too. Like, I mean, golf courses are open now. Like, I mean, if they yeah. get that's the things. It's like. Yeah, like oh, you, are yeah.
2: like I, I think, I think the Masters without fans or without like uh, without patrons at the Masters, the yeah. patrons the fan uh, at the Masters, uh, yes, um, staying in the second cut, not the rough, it's the second cut there. Um, I think the Masters without the patrons is not only likely, but like probable. Like yeah. I think he that's what we're going to do. see. I think um, like I
1: mean, if I, yeah, if I had to put money down on a sporting event, like in the near future, it'd be that
2: one. Yeah, it, um. So that that will be like interesting. I think I think golf is one sport that could probably come back because uh, that's one where it'll be a, a more different from a player standpoint than like a fan standpoint. Like obviously, like watching a basketball game with no fans would be weird, but it really wouldn't be that different watching like a golf tournament without the spectators. Um I mean, I usually very have the
1: sound down and I'm like half asleep anyway, so like yeah, know, it really wouldn't <laughs> yeah. matter.
2: And, like, yeah, you, like, prefer, like, on the, the final round, like, the back nine of the final round. Like, yeah, you'll miss, like, some roars and some celebrations. But, like, the excitement will still be there, like, yeah. from a from a viewer standpoint. So, golf, I think, is one sport. It'll be interesting to see what baseball does being an outdoor sport. Like there have been certain restrictions on like indoor versus outdoor meetings stuff like that. So that'll all be interesting. Um, But I really do think that if you want to play it, if if you want to be conservative, it's sort of make your bet. I would say look at, look to golf to hit their dates. They set out. But for the major sports, I would not expect anything resembling normalcy uh, for probably the next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I would
1: agree. I agree with that. I would also like to note that it just granted, you know, this is obviously all this is horrible and this is just uh, you know, a very small aspect of it, but the Astros are just yep. don't have to deal <laughs> with anything for cheating like at yep. all. I was really looking forward to that. Like Could like you, really really looking forward it, The to
2: thing it. is that it will not it's not going away. Like it's not going it, to be it as bad. Yeah, no, it, it, it won't be as bad. Though. I mean, I was ready to tune in to just watch them get pelted yeah, every like, game. It's be
1: like at least two people a game were getting, like, balls thrown at the head.
2: Yeah.
0: And, like, that's – and that was – our like, it was literally – it had already started. Like, that wasn't yeah, even conjecture at this league, point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, yeah, like, sure, they'll probably get booed a little bit, but – by the time this comes back around, I think people will be so happy to have baseball back or whatever. Yeah. If if that's the last sport to come back, whatever. Like people will just be so happy this is all behind us that I think the Astros cheating and definitely cheating is going to seem small in some way, yeah. which sucks. What
2: well, it's so it's been oh, it's, it's, it's been sure. Let's just yeah. make
1: sure. We'll, we'll take it upon ourselves. We'll bring yeah. a trash can to every game. <laughs> yeah, We'll go move to Houston. I'm in. Yeah. It's,
2: it's, been, it's been that, and then people are they're talking about the NBA, like sort of Labor Day is sort of the end possible date the NBA thinks they, should, they need to be done by. Like, if they can't figure out a way to get done by Labor Day, they're going to cancel it. And as a result, people have been doing the math and working backwards, being like, okay, so the playoffs start here, it's been this long, like, uh oh! Like all of a sudden, like could KD be back for the playoffs? Like, yeah. are, it's like it's been those takes, too, It's Like, well, hold on now.
0: Like,
2: are going to be happy? Not- like, like, well, Clay. Like, what are the Warriors? Like, is Clay going to be back all of a sudden? Like, here we go. Yeah.
0: Well, luck Unfortunately for the Warriors, they already secured their spot outside the playoffs yes. before this all started.
2: But people have been like, hold on now. Like, if the, if the Nets get a sixth seed, but KD and Kyrie are playing, like, here we go. That'd be sick. So that's, uh, been, so that's been a couple bright spots. That, and my favorite thing about quarantine is that I think it's appropriate to have a drink in your hand at any uh, time of the day when you're just home. Yes.
1: Yeah, I've seen uh, drinking rates have gone up significantly in the United States over oh, the yeah. last few weeks.
2: And you have Mike Ong, who's just, we are just talking about stuff, and Mike Ong just goes... Um, yeah, I've just been I've been pooping less and masturbating more. Just something about me, <laughs> so you guys know. Just just drop the hammer
1: at that yeah, one. So. There you go. Okay. I
0: I was curious. I'll be honest. I'll I'll wear that. You know. I worry about Mike's bowels. Um, so I think I think that was all we had to talk about today. Unless anybody else had any uh, lingering points.
1: I think I'm all right. Yeah, I think it all I'm good. Out. Got all my notes out.
0: All right. Well, that's that's a beautiful thing then. Um mm-hmm. Carter, do you Part have anything point. to uh to share with the people before uh before we let you go?
2: Anything to plug? Yeah. Uh, no, I have <laughs> no, We I've had, we have had one legitimate plug on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, was big. I,
1: I have I have no legitimate plugs. Um, but, you know, do love you guys. Miss you guys. Appreciate you having me yeah. on. Yeah.
0: Miss you too, buddy. No, we really appreciate you coming on here. Uh we to put it mildly, Carter, we would be lost without our guests. And uh, and you are especially an interesting one just because, yeah, it's, it's been a bit since we saw you, and I'm sure yeah. not just us, like we both enjoy hearing from you, but I'm sure the the larger group that listens to this is going to enjoy hearing from you too.
1: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thank you again for having me. It's, it's been fun. It's been nice to talk to someone that wasn't my family members. <laughs> I'm sure. Chuck agrees.
2: I agree 100%. <laughs> I beat, um, I beat my brother in chess today, though, so I have that over him ooh, now too. Oh, there you go. Monopoly, <laughs> Monopoly, chess—I've been dominating. My dad beat beat Andrew in six moves in chess. <laughs> what? It's almost impossible to lose chess in six moves.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just one—I I can't talk. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Carter. Obviously, want to thank you again. Um, we would encourage you guys to check back uh, tomorrow for our uh, penultimate episode. Yeah. Yeah. T- for tomorrow for our Thursday episode or no, no, tomorrow would be our last episode of the week.
2: Right. Yes. uh, Yes.
0: Right. No, no, no we have two penultimate <laughs> penultimate episode of the week. I figured it out. Okay. Yeah. For our penultimate episode of the week, um, which would be episode, I think 17 now, which is fucking ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, Keep an eye out for that, but uh, until then, peace.
1: Bye-bye.